Hello and a warm welcome to Be A Bigger Fish. I'm Debbie and I'm your host. And this episode stars the amazing Laura Pearman. Laura is a photographer with a background in PR and marketing, so she's perfectly placed to tell her clients how to use photography and images to really help them stand out. I've been following Laura for a while on social media, so I was genuinely excited to get the chance to speak with her for the podcast. And we have quite a broad ranging conversation. Laura happily answers all my questions about using photography. So one of them is how do you show up as the person behind the podcast? One of them's about how you use photography better in your internal communications. And she tells us about using photography to help your business to stand out as a business owner. We talk about some of the myths around influence and influencers and Laura issues us with a brilliant challenge to get into a selfie habit. And I have to say since recording this podcast a few weeks ago I have been trying hard to publish more selfies on my Instagram feed so I hope something in this discussion will inspire you to take action too. Let's get into the conversation. I'm really excited to welcome Laura to the podcast. So Laura, welcome. Hey, hello. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for letting me on the show. Oh, I'm delighted. I'm delighted that we managed to find a time we could both do together. It's brilliant. (laughs) So Laura, let me let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Perman. My business is Laura Perman Photography. So prior to entering into a career in photography, I've been in the industry now for 10 years. I've had my own photography business for eight years. Prior to that, I worked in marketing and public relations. So when I describe myself as a photographer, I like to include that caveat because I identify as a bit of a mongrel. I'm a creative mongrel. So (laughs) what I bring to branded photo shoots is actual marketing knowledge as well as all the wild creativity. And I think that's what kind of sets me out and what's really helped me hone this niche as a personal branding photographer. Yeah, that sounds like a brilliant combination, I have to say. And I think it's going to be a really great conversation between us because I've got so many things that I want to ask (laughs) you. How has your kind of business been evolving recently through the pandemic? Where are things going for you at the moment? Oh, well, I'm not going to lie. It's been an absolute nightmare. So prior to lockdown happening, I was planning a tour and I was going to go on tour. Actually, in your neck of the woods, I was going to come down towards Wales, go through Telford and then drive all the way down to Penzance. I live in the northeast of the UK so I had planned about eight photo shoots potentially back to back and I was going to have a little cool road trip feel like either a burlesque girl mixed with like a rock star and I was going to go on (laughs) tour so I had this tour plan and I was in all these spreadsheets planning out like petrol money and you know the far end of a thought when it comes to the expensive stuff and then poof overnight all gone and that was my little nest egg that was going to see me through the summer months of being in the world of business and entrepreneurial photography for me the summertime is quite quiet because that's when people tend to take time off and go away on holiday with their family when we're not in lockdown so I've had to really think on my feet to be honest with you Debbie it's been I've had a few months of some really intense discovery on my business and I'm actually at the point now where I'm really thankful for it because I don't think if I hadn't had a world event like this that just stopped me in my progress, I would have carried on poodling away with my photography stuff. My business was quite 
famine and feast in quite an extreme way throughout the year and that's quite exhausting and I've managed to see that for what it is now because I've been able to zoom out and really just take some time and kind of think right what am I doing with my business where am I going so it's been a real blessing in disguise that's how I'm that's how I'm chalking this up (laughs) yeah I can well imagine I think that's quite common actually to a lot of people when they're in business Yeah. And and alongside all of this and all this work you've been doing and your rethinks, you run a really successful YouTube channel. So tell us a bit about that. Oh, thank you. So I've got really serious about my YouTube channel, which is called TV. I do a lot of kissing. I'm one of those people. You're either going to love it or you hate it. So I made it TV and I got really serious. And last year and I said to myself, right, I'm going to put out an episode at the same time every Friday come hell or high water and I managed to do that and then just as lockdown was happening I thought I need to take a real pause so I ended it's my second season and I'd had a ton of episodes in this one season and then I thought right what am I going to do I had a chat with a few photographer pals you know we probably all went to these zoom meetings where everyone was kind of just sitting there biting their nails together or nervously eating too many biscuits with their tea like discussing with each other well I don't know how I'm going to survive this but in one of those meetings I got talking to a pal of mine George who is a photographer over in New York and he was like damn I was really looking forward we were going to shoot together at an event that was supposed to happen in April he was going to fly over to the UK I was going to show him around all the cool parts of the northeast and he was like, I can't believe we're not going to do that. He was like, we should, what, what can we do instead? And I said, right, let's do something instead. So I came up with this concept and it's now and it's coming out to its third round. We've called it the creative contagion. And those are some of my most recent episodes on my YouTube channel. And I've just been kind of rallying around with lots of different niched photographers around the world. And we've all been documenting how life has changed in this time so to do something that creative and it has been quite intense was a great way to officially hit the pause button so in terms of my youtube channel i've put one of those out every month since lockdown started i'm I'm kind of bringing it to a close now and i'm trying to master the art i'd love to know what you think about this i'm trying to master the art of batch creation so right now i'm trying to script out and research 15 episodes and that's how long my next season's going to be and my plan is doll myself up and see how many episodes I can record back to back I usually get to about three and then I caught like I lose the ability to just speak are you the same yeah (laughs) it's quite hard it's really hard actually I think batching depends on what you want to achieve from that content so I think if it's evergreen content and it's relatively timeless that's kind of okay because if you're breaking a subject down into 15 parts you can get into the flow of the subject without breaking it up too much so that's great But I think if you're commentating on something that's really current, I think the recent months have proved that batching has has its fall downs. And that is sure. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) If what you're talking about suddenly becomes drastically completely irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I think that's that's the health check on batching for me. It's like if you're doing something that's really contemporary, you're almost under pressure to keep it contemporary, the whole process. But if you're doing something evergreen, yeah, you can. You know, if you've yeah. got two weeks to blitz something that you know that you can run out then for a year, great, go ahead, go ahead. I think for sure yeah. that in terms of content creation, 
I am definitely keeping it on a seasonal basis now. So I've kind of got myself planned up until the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, where I'm going to do 15 episodes and then take, I think we're going to take like a six or an eight week break, then 15 episodes, then a break. And I feel like that's so much more sustainable than, you know, churning something out every single week. Yeah, I agree. I think you do need to give yourself that break. I just closed a season of a podcast I was making for a group, actually, and I thought they were going to be a little bit sad about closing it. And when I said, look, I feel like the season has kind of come to a natural conclusion, they also said, oh, thank goodness for that. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I think I think seasons is a a much kinder way to arrange it, actually. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I'm really inspired by random things. So I li- I try to live my life as a vintage pinup when I'm out in public. Today, if you saw me on Zoom, anyone who's listening, I, I'm not looking anything like a pinup. But I usually have the whole back combed hair thing and a full face of makeup. Like that's my style. And I'm really inspired by like funny vintage women. So like Fanny Craddock doing her cookery show or like Victoria Wood and Julie Walters taking the mick out of those characters. The same with very early French and Saunders stuff. And I've just been watching an awful lot of those vintage British pace adverts from like the 50s and the 40s talking about how to be a good housewife and use Vim and all that stuff. So that's the aesthetic that I'm really starting to build with the channel. And I, th- I feel like that's a great way to get my personal branding out there. And, you know, I show up with, I, I like to do all of that cheesy, like pointing and like ding, like you would get on a toothpaste advert. That's the whole vibe I'm going for. And the undercurrent to that is, let me show you how I document creating photography with my clients. And let me give you some tips and advice on how to build your personal brand and your selfies, that kind of thing from a DIY way. So when I've got people coming to me asking me for advice, and they're not quite ready to shoot with me, or they're not in a position to do some consultancy with me about their brand, I can point them now to this beautiful library of free content and give them a give them a hand. Yeah, absolutely. It is a real asset to have that kind of catalogue of, like you say, free content, free resource, yeah. right? But also a great way for people to get to know you. And I'm guessing, did, did you choose YouTube because of the visual element? It took me a long time. So I did the classic creative thing here. And I kind of I did a bit of YouTube here and there. And I'd stick up the odd client testimonial here and then I did that for about four years. I was thinking I really love podcasts I love listening to podcasts when I'm doing things in my life like if I'm going to do the food shop or if when I used to go to the gym I'd love having a podcast on and I binge them but after talking with a lot of my friends who were way ahead of me in the content creation thing they were like Laura you'd be mad to not do video like you're, you're you know I'm a very gesticular sort of person I'm not really that shy you know, they were like, yeah, and you're looking everything, you just need to be on video, like just swallow the frog and do it, like do it anyway. So I got down to business, like I say, seriously, a year ago. <laughs> yeah, excellent. I think it's super your YouTube channel. I love it. So oh, thank I'll, you. Yeah, no, I will put a link to that in the show notes. So anybody else can go and take a look to you. And it, it is really inspiring. And And while we're talking about podcasts, it's great to know that you love podcasts, by the way, what sort of podcasts do you listen to? At the minute, I am addicted to Armchair Expert. Have you heard of that one? No, haven't. Armchair Expert. It's it's like a great little jingle, but it's this um, Dak Shepard and his pal Monica. They're like Hollywood people. They just talk about any 
like really random things and then what's beautiful about that podcast is they do like a footer episode and it's called the fact check so they'll they'll they like pontificate about all these different things obviously it's been a lot about current world events and then they catch up together for a follow-up episode and basically monica's like right well when you said this it was completely wrong and actually what you should have <laughs> said was this so it's a really fun take on you know just having a, a highbrow conversation i go through phases with different entrepreneurial podcasts so if i'm in like a discovery phase i can get sucked down the rabbit hole quite quickly i love janet murray's podcast yeah. i'm very proud to have been a guest on that a couple of times she's very good i think you can tell with her journalistic background she's very good at being so succinct and giving you so much value in quite a short period of time. And I love silly podcasts. I'm not going to, I'm not afraid to say that I love my dad wrote a porno. That is hysterical. I've decorated the majority of my house listening to that and cackling away yeah. in my paint tin cans when I've been painting. And I love Atletico Mints as well with Bob Mortimer. Like, I'm not at all a football fan. And a lot of my guy friends were like, oh, Laura, I know you will still love it, even though you're not into football. And I really do. It's hysterical. So I like to, when I'm working with people on their branding, and some people do have podcasts, I try to give them encouragement to look outside of their industry. So a lot of people in the entrepreneurial space when I'm working with them and they're talking about devising a creative concept around their personal brand, they will reel off a bunch of people who are leaders in the exact same industry in a professional way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Go and look at something completely different. Like find a podcast about cats or find a podcast that's about food and listen to the art of how the sounds have been created. This is one thing, right? You're going to have to stop me if I get on a bit of a rant here, but this is one thing that drives me nuts and it's when somebody has a personal brand and usually they're influential and they will bleat on about how everyone else should have a personal brand and let's just for example say that part of their personal branding as a business professional is that they they were young in the Britpop era so they reference a lot of Britpop music and they might share a selfie of them wearing one of those bucket hats that all the boys wore in the 90s but when you listen to their podcast there's some weird, cheesy American woman doing the introduction with like this techno dance effect. You're like, what? what? Why did you pick that? You should have picked like a like a Lagerlout or a Ladette from the 90s doing your intro because that's on brand. So I think people forget that sound and audio has a big part to play in branding. And it's something that a lot of the big people are missing out on. You are spot on with that. Because it is <laughs> so important. I think of sonic branding with people's podcasts and even when I use the phrase they're like oh sonic branding oh never thought about that and it is it's like an invisible truth this is one of the things that me and my creative supplier friends this is the kind of thing we start getting into a heated discussion about, about when we're drinking our hipster beer so like graphic designers people who do web design stylists they all talk about the it's so incredibly important to have a really good brand guidelines document. And anyone who's in internal communications completely understands why, especially if you work in a larger corporate capacity. But as an entrepreneur, thinking these things out. So yes, there should be a whole section on the way your photography should look. Yes, there should be a whole section on the way that your selfie should look. But there should absolutely be a whole section on the sound, the animation, the illustration, 
all of these things that you could potentially be adding into your brand need to be very carefully thought out. And when you do consider them and you give a brand guidelines document to a new supplier, say you're going to add animations on your website, that's becoming really trendy now. So that's probably quite a common thing. If you have this brand guidelines document and you're going for a new animator, you can literally give that to them. And that has all of the information the really geeky creative information that they need to be correctly debriefed. I think this is another common thing I'm starting to notice now as personal brand is evolving, the business owner is the creative bottleneck. And when that business owner is not a creative person, the creative message falls down. So there you go for communication. Don't rely on yourself. Just put together the brand guidelines document. <laughs> and this is something, by the way, that any great graphic designer can get you started with. Yeah. And any good creative supplier will add their, you know, their tuppence worth and on and on and on it grows. Totally. When when I get somebody who sends me their brand document or their style sheet or whatever, I just breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because it, you just know it, it makes it so much easier for you as a creator to make something that they will be happy with. It is. It really is. <laughs> While sonic branding is really critical, what I was dying to talk to you about today is the visual element of branding and particularly when it comes to podcasting. So a lot of podcasters, I think, choose that medium because they feel like they want to be heard, but not necessarily seen. I, I, I can't tell you how many people have told me that they felt like they had a face for radio. You know, it's like this away <laughs> face that all podcasters use. But do you think it's important for an audience to see the person behind the podcast? I think it absolutely is important. And as a photographer, I'm always going to be of the opinion that you need to try and find a photographer who you do get on with on a personal level and swallow the pain and just get a damn photo shoot done. But there are other ways. So a great example that most people will know is the Ricky Gervais podcast. That's all animation. And, you know, if you don't want to, if you really do have like a major problem and the only thing that's holding you back from creating a brilliant podcast is because you're afraid to get a photo done, I would say, okay, like don't put yourself through the absolute agony. Why don't you find another creative supplier and getting a great animation? And I don't mean one of these quick click on Fiverr or get a quick app to do it. I mean, hire an actual animation or illustrative creative to do this for you. But you want to make sure that that still fits into your brand. So this works really well. Um, I, I watch a lot of philosophy YouTube channel. Like I'm, it's just something I'm into right now. The majority of these YouTube channels will not have a geeky scientist, you know, sitting in a dusty room talking to you. It'll be one of these animations of someone drawing out sketches and illustrating key points. I think that is a really great way to get around about being visual when you are you have a real serious block about being out there. Another thing, I actually saw this last night when I was scrolling through Instagram. There was a lady on there and I thought this is so clever and such a great way to approach it when you're an introvert. She has a whole feed on her Instagram where she reviews books. She takes a selfie with a book, but every single book she holds up in front of her face. Throughout the feed, the whole thing is all these different books, but it, it's become part of her brand now. And I think that's, that's such a clever way to do it. So you can still use photography 
but feature different elements. So, you know, there's a lot of great content out there where people are showing their hands, like artists who are too shy to get in front of the camera and you see their hands doing the creative thing that they're doing. You could do this in a very creative way with a podcast. It all comes down to what is your podcast about? So I, I don't know, off the top of my head, Debbie, to give you an example, if you were really terrified, I would be saying, right, okay, talk to me about this peppermint fish. So is there something around mint, like the botanicals of mint? Is there something with fish? Like, could we create Debbie, the fish version of Debbie <laughs> and make that like an illustrate? And you're like, okay, I'll listen to a podcast and the host is a fish. And it's yeah, definitely right. a fish, right? right. So like, I, I, you'd need, I'd need to know the, what your podcast's about and then I would be able to come up with an exact suggestion for you. But you can definitely step around it. I think you should still try and do selfies though, whether they're selfies of your face or selfies of your body doing what it is that you do. I think that's crucial. A really great way to start getting over your fear of being shy of the camera on your own with your own equipment. Have you worked a lot with shy people? What do you find really helps them to to step out of that a little? So whenever I'm on a photo shoot with somebody who's really shy, I'm the over-the-top clown, I'm the idiot, and I am basically doing everything I can to detract the attention from the fact that the shy person is in front of the camera. And I do that for most of my clients, but I do it because it's really important to generate natural happiness you know that we all have that Chandler smile that we used to do when we were six or we all had that horrible school photo experience and that's like our go-to face so I'm constantly trying like I will identify that that's happening but I'm not going to tell the person I'm photographing like yeah you're pulling a weird face right now because that's really <laughs> terrible for confidence so I'll just start goofing around I, I really do not mind about being the butt of the joke and I, I think I learned that actually in my early years as a photographer, when I used to work with children, you know, like grandmas who wanted the photo, but hated the fact that they were being photographed. You learn these arts of bringing the best out of people. And I can kind of, I, I like to do quite a lot of consultancy before a shoot. So it's at that point, I make sure we've got the time to build a relationship with each other so that you can feel comfortable about saying, Laura, I, I really am excited about this photo shoot, but I hate my bum. Like, I think my bum's huge. I don't want it in the photos. So in the photo shoot, I know I'm going to show you lots of tricks about how to pose to make you feel like your bum's smaller or not in the photo. <laughs> It's all about understanding everyone has weird little hang-ups and more often than not everyone's hang-ups are completely unique to them and there's a whole story that goes with it so for me as a photographer it's about understanding that obviously empathizing with you about it but then giving you some practical tips and trying to make you enjoy yourself with those practical tips so I have a whole set of selfie content as well I have a free challenge and that's exactly what that's about it's me doing that with people in a virtual way so over the five days you're kind of getting creative inspiration so you have absolutely no excuse to do the selfie because I've given you everything creatively that I want you to do 
I've given you the technical information. And so over the five days, you learn five very different ways of taking a selfie. But then I'm the ultimate clown in the whole thing. So you get these silly emails from me giving you the prompts. And I show you like the worst possible version in a selfie that I've done of myself. And then I show you the way that it should be. People love it because it gets them out of their head of thinking, oh, I hate having my photo taken. Or, oh, I'm not the kind of person to do a selfie. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds brilliant. And again, I, I will link to your free selfie challenge. Yeah, sure. In the show yeah. Notes. I think that'd be really interesting. What difference would it make if you had the courage to step up from behind the microphone, show your face, you know, get your audience to, to see you? What difference would that make, do you think? Especially if you're working in an industry where not many people come from behind the microphone, the whole goal with this is to stand out. So if you open up your podcast app on your phone and you look at the trending podcasts, I am willing to bet that the majority of the thumbnails of those podcasts show the presenter. And yes, they're probably people who are from the performing backgrounds, but it's crucial that you see their face because that's what you're picturing in your mind when you're listening to their podcast. You want to imagine what is it like on their side of the recording. Mm. And I think that's a great way to, to jump out from your competition. So there are certainly niche podcasts and everyone's done the same thing because it's like everyone in that world is stereotypically shy. So if you know that that's the case with your podcast, push yourself and be the one that stands out. I often say on my YouTube channel, you need to um, zag when everyone is zigging. So analyze what is everyone doing and how can you do it differently i think that's a great tip i love that zag uh, on the zig baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant so i guess another thing that podcasters are keen to do really is is increase their visibility quite often on social media so that it makes people aware that their podcast is a thing i know i certainly share clips and things out of my podcast so other people get a taste of you know what the podcast is like does it make a difference on social media to show your face or do you just need to really show kind of fashionable things, trendy things, that sort of it thing? It absolutely makes a difference. So I try in every nine of my tiles, because I'm the personal branding photographer who always talks about selfies, obviously that's an important thing for my personal brand to be showing up regularly. So I try to make sure that of the, every nine tiles, there is at least one selfie of me in that collection. And pretty much month on month, when I look at my analytics, those are the posts that get the most engagement. Second to that, though, are photographs of me documenting behind the scenes in my business. So that might be me, like, with my hand around a coffee. Say I've pulled a really late all-nighter editing somebody's work to get it out in time. And I, I really do look like a dog's dinner, so I'm not going to do a selfie of that. But you'll see me with my little hand around a coffee cup. Yeah. that or pictures of my laptop showing you like the back end of my website or showing you I'm just about to hit publish on this episode those are the ones that perform second best to selfies so if this is something that you're not doing in your social media feed and you're not quite at the point yet where you want to be put in the full face selfie you should start trying to toy around with this behind the scenes documentation you'll say straight away that those pictures rank higher yeah I have to say from experience I, I share pictures like that and they seem to do well and I also love looking at other people's because it's that kind of frisson of nosiness isn't it that you yeah. get to see <laughs> 
I did a thing. I did a um a con like a virtual conference a while a while back, and I was talking about selfies. And I said, okay, everyone, stand up. Doesn't matter if you're still in your PJ bottom. Stand up and do a vertical overhead view of your desk. Don't be ashamed if it's got all like old moldy coffee cups on. And it it kind of started going viral. So everyone who was in that event was like, oh yeah, I didn't realize that like a desk selfie could be a thing but it is people are like oh so that's what it looks like where she works from and oh I like I like that and it starts lots of conversations like where did you get that candle from or oh what plant is that like all these things that we forget those are the conversations we used to have when we worked in offices you know back in the day when you're in the nine to five you'd be like oh there's your baby you know how's the little one doing that's so true and that that is missing it's bringing that in yeah not just if you're a solo entrepreneur or if you're working on your own but also now for anybody in any working situation right because we're so many of us are working remotely and I, I think that it's that human element that's missing and it's so hard to quantify yeah out of your day so yeah brilliant okay so there's some really great tips there about going for selfies I love the idea of keeping one selfie in your grid of nine on Instagram I'm gonna I'm gonna a good take little that challenge board. yeah Great challenge that yeah and part of the challenge actually let me just jump in there part of the challenge is batch creating your selfies so this is a very common um people say to me yeah but Laura I'm not dolled up like you are every day and I'm like I'm not dolled up every day I just know that when I'm feeling like if I'm out on a photo shoot or you know I've like dragged the brush through my hair I make a point now and it's a habit where I will just pop off a few selfies so at any one time I have a whole bank of selfies of myself that haven't been used yet and when you're somebody who likes to plan their Instagram a whole month in advance and that might be you sitting on the sofa in Plannerly or whatever your Instagram planner is that's certainly the case for me I want to know that if I need a selfie to talk about this I don't have to go upstairs get dressed make myself look good think yeah. about what I'm going to shoot the selfie of take the selfie then come back downstairs because that's just not efficient so the whole thing with this challenge is getting you into this practice of continually capturing selfies all the time so you have them in your photo reel ready to go that's a great idea and I think you're right it, it, it doesn't always come together does it you sometimes have great ideas and things happen that you really want to share or milestones happen in your business and it just so happens that's when you or like me haven't managed to get to a hairdresser since before oh, the yeah, lockdown <laughs> <laughs> so you don't you really don't want to have to show up in that way but um yeah so uh, yeah so that probably is the one area where batching definitely is the logical choice to totally yeah. get there yeah <laughs> A lot of my listeners are internal communications professionals, and I know from experience that it can be very hard to get a picture of the people that you want to showcase inside your organisation. Yeah. So, yeah, quite often it's the senior leader that you want people to be able to connect with that person. So you want that person to be visible. It's very important that there's leadership visibility in organisations, but it can be anyone in the organisation who's just really, really camera shy. So. Can you give any advice to those people who are desperately trying to get good pictures of people <laughs> inside their companies? What should they do? So I would say they need to, it, I've worked in a large organization like this a couple of times in my early career. So I totally understand there's a whole hierarchy in place and it's hard and you're often chasing your tail trying to get these shots. But it would be, I mean, what we don't see enough of large organizations doing is 
Instagram stories, right? So my partner, Tom, who I refer to on social media as the Viking, he works for a large water organization. Mm. But part of his job is he's out on the road getting water samples out of like random rivers. So in really beautiful parts of the Northeast. But what's amazing about the internal comms team there is all of the staff and all of the people on his team know that if they take a great shot or a great selfie, they can just send it to the Instagram profile, which is run by the internal communication team. So if Tom's like in a weird river, like with his waders on, and it's like a beautiful day, he might take a fun photo and send it in. But him and all of the people on his team know to do that. So if you go on the Northumbrian water Instagram feed, you'll see all these beautiful, amazing shots, but they've all been created by the staff more often than not. And um, so that's a great thing to try and initiate that culture of capturing selfies and having just a, a profile or a way that people can be submitting them and almost initiating that. So when people are on that silly away day in a certain department and the team leader of that that um, department has really put themselves out there and they're doing something silly because let's face it you usually do something silly on on an away day if you can instill that internal communication culture for someone on the team to take a selfie and just submit it it becomes a lot more an idea of sharing and what I thought when I worked in large organizations it used to feel a lot to me like school. I don't know if you feel the same way, Debbie, but when when one set of the cool kids start doing something, everyone else kind of copies and follows suit. So when I worked in large corporate, there would be like these really stupid terms like grassroots thinking or has anyone got any AOB and all these all these stupid lingos. And I'd be like, oh, which senior leader thought of that three months ago? And now it's just like trickling down the ranks and everyone's saying these silly buzzwords. I really do think that selfies or you could you could do a whole thing where as a communications department, if you know that in three or four months time, there's a certain awareness day that's going to be happening, get ahead of it and initiate and say, right, if you've got selfies around this or try and catch photos of your team with this, if puts the whole um the whole time factor on its head and you're starting to plan things like a picture editor or how a photographer plans things you're not thinking oh crumbs it's this awareness day tomorrow and we haven't got a picture of anything to put out on instagram but we really are bastions of this awareness day and then you're running to the ceo's office saying excuse me can i get a selfie and it's all very last minute they're gonna say no so I really do think that when you're in a large organization, it's about trying to put a cultural shift on it and it's mm-hmm. trying to make it a cool thing to do. If you really do need a picture of a CEO or a director of, and they are absolutely terrified of the camera, you will have got your work cut out, but you need to be proactive about it. So you need to be coming and seeing them on a regular basis for a quick selfie or can I get a photo of your hands doing this can I get a photo of your shoes today it needs to be like a once a month activity so that you are just going to wear them down over time to the point where they'll be like yeah right here she is again or here he is again doing his blooming selfies and then you can start like building the confidence by osmosis yeah <laughs> I really think that's the only way to do it <laughs> I think that's brilliant advice Laura, I wonder whether one of the things that puts people off showing up in person is this concept of influencers and whether, (laughs) you know, people are confused about what an influencer is and they just show up with a bunch of helium balloons every couple of days. It's going to make them 
it's, it's going to give them a different kind of reputation from the one they're trying to attract. Do, do you know what yeah. I mean? So, what, what's your view on that? It, it, I have quite a passionate view on this. And actually, since my photography work has died down, Debbie, this is an area that I've realized just how misunderstood it is so like I said at the top of the show prior to photography I worked in marketing and public relations and the whole concept of influence is an age-old thing you know like when I've been doing these the research that I was talking about on like the old Vim adverts or old brands in the 50s more often than not an influencer will be featured on that episode so it's like a housewife who has five children or it's a celebrity or a sports person will come on and talk about the properties of this toothpaste and how that makes them ready to go like all of that is influencer marketing and influencer promotion I think where the stereotype has become so sullied is because we've seen such terrible stories like you know there's been a few of the kids from TOWIE who've been completely like egg on their face representing awful like slimming powder type brands and sending out a terrible message and they as influencers didn't really know the right way to do it and the brands didn't know the right way to do it either so it's very misunderstood now that it's all gone online and this is actually something that I'm starting to explore myself so a lot of the clients that I work with do have influence you know there might be entrepreneurs with very large followings they're getting to the point now where they're almost no longer micro influencers they're getting to the major influencer status but they don't understand like they haven't got time to be talking about scheduled posts or writing a blog because they're actual business people they know that there's potentially affiliate money or influencer money on the table but when you spin the tables around there are so many amazing brands that actually fit with that entrepreneur's personal brand it's just that there's this gap between getting them together so that's where I'm starting to kind of circle some of my expertise in whilst we're still in lockdown I'm not in any hurry personally to get back out shooting um, until at least next year so I feel like in this time I want to explore that a little bit further I I don't know what it's like where you are but we have a lot of model agencies up here in the northeast and model agencies and influencers they're not necessarily the same thing but a lot of model agencies because the cute hot models have got a big following on Instagram they've now added this influence section to their website but you go on any one of these sites and it's quite apparent they don't really know what influence is or how to measure it or how to do it in the right way so I feel like there's a potential here for a you know connecting wonderful brands with great specific influencers so You don't have to think, well, I'm not a teenage girl with like big fake lips who's going to just take selfies all day long. You know, I'm a grown ass woman or I am a man and I have a business to run. But when you do get a really effective with your personal brand, you will accumulate influence and it's being strategic with that influence. Say you are passionate and part of your personal brand is that you're a parent. Maybe you could be doing some work with brands and products that are centered on great positive things for children you Mm. could be adding that into to build your personal brand further but you're also communicating the message of a brand that is absolutely on brand for you yeah I think that that's the the trick isn't it is is Mm. that authenticity around it 
Yeah, mm. authenticity with influence for sure. I mean, we've all had those messages on Instagram. Well, the majority of us, I assume, have where you get asked to the other week, someone sent me a message asking me if I wanted to represent these dietary supplements. So I, I follow a keto diet and I went on this website and there's all of these hidden sugars in this particular powder that you're supposed to put in your smoothie. And I replied and I said, look, I'm I, I don't believe that anybody should be consuming additional sugar. And it seems to me that there's a lot of hidden sugars in your product. And I had a real run around with them on email. So I've got a little target for myself while I'm investigating a way that I can help the world with this. I've set myself a little goal of, and I'm going to accumulate 500 pounds worth of swag as a micro influencer by the end of the year. But I'm doing it obviously I want the swag who doesn't but I want to analyze how the brands handle me as the influencer so I can get a good objective view on the way that these brands are doing it wrong and a lot of them are doing it very wrong <laughs> yeah I think that's a brilliant idea that would be really helpful insight actually yeah um, yeah and what's your kind of vision for this work where are you hoping I feel I feel like it's potentially a program I, I I'm not I'm not 100 sure so it's still early days I've started writing a little bit of a book that might become something but I feel like I can help both sides of the equation so beautiful brands that I can support ethically so if there was a feminist angle or an environmental angle or a travel angle that's good for my personal brand those are all parts of how I document my life on Instagram but I'm not going to represent something that I don't think personally is morally sound. So I think helping to train them approach influencers in a really slick and professional way, potentially with a view to hiring somebody in to their own business to do it independently, instead of wasting money on one of these influencer agencies, for instance, I think I can help there. But then I also think there is a large number now, given where we're at with this whole digital renaissance where all these people have been building this influence if you have over 2,000 followers on any social media platform Debbie then you are officially a micro influencer wow that that's very good news for me oh congrats <laughs> so I think that yeah, be- thank you so I am a micro influencer wow that yeah I now crown you a micro influencer but I think that now with this entrepreneurial trend that we've had we've got a lot of people who have a lot of micro influence and an awful lot of them have no idea how to capitalize on that influence in a in a beautiful positive authentic way you're helping these people as well so right now I'm kind of circling around the idea of two different programs but if anybody's really interested about this when they're listening to the show please do just get in touch with me on Instagram and I'm going to be keeping you posted with how that's all progressing I hope by the end of 2020 I will have got my 500 pounds worth of swag and I'm hoping to put together a fun episode talking about all the things that the brands did wrong (laughs) I can't wait for that I think that's going to be brilliant brilliant oh, that sounds like really good work and I really wish you all the best of luck with that. oh thank you super, so much super well Laura you've shared so many brilliant tips I've written so many of them down through the podcast <laughs> it's been amazing but just to kind of summarize and also I think bearing in mind the context of the time where a lot of us are working remotely still what would be three top tips you'd like to share with people for using imagery and photography in this time Oh, that's a good question. Let me see. So one thing that I'm seeing is performing really well, and this is quite a tactical, strategic thing, 
is when you're in one of these master classes, I know you had an episode recently where you were talking about master classes on the show, but when I'm when I'm in these group scenarios and I'm on a Zoom call with like 20 other people, a great way is to take a, a photo of that and you're going to be a selfie because you're one of the little squares, like the Brady Bunch, but then make a note and tag everyone, post an Instagram about it and tag them in it. That's a great way to get a quick instant internal viral thing and connect with people in a natural way we're not in person so it's not like you can hand out the business card and i don't know about you i often now ask people when i am at a conference to just connect with me on instagram but if they don't dm me and say hey laura we met over coffee at this stand at this time i'm not going to remember who they are so that's a great way to do like a virtual networking thing with a master class so that's tip number one Tip number two, I would say trying to be more virtually present. So we already know that authenticity is mega trendy. We already know that documentation of your life is really trendy. But being really open about that, you know, we're seeing some real senior leaders now sharing their virtual desk and they've got their kids at the kitchen table doing the homework or they're like, I'm tearing my hair out. I don't know how I'm doing this. Being more vulnerable and more documenting your time is a great way to build that personal connection through photography. And, you know, you can do that still in the ways that we've already talked about, taking selfies of your desk or your hands or your feet before getting the face in there. And if you find that you're struggling with all of that, tip number three would be let's build your selfie habit. So we've all we've all switched our habits haven't we radically like you know how many teachers I know in my family and I would talk to them about being on zoom at like the family Christmas party and they'd roll their eyes thinking what what on earth's that they're all now having to run lessons on zoom and everyone has learned how to use this rapidly overnight yeah you can absolutely break this this selfie thing that you've got and a great way to do that would be set an alarm and every day at three o'clock Monday to Friday it doesn't matter what on earth you're doing take a selfie and try that for a month and I promise you you will be able to break the habit but if you're still really struggling with that come and join me on my challenge and I'll do my best to help you <laughs> oh, that's there you great. go three top tips brilliant tips and also an offer to help at the end yes. which is perfect <laughs> yeah perfect thank you uh, I've just enjoyed this conversation so much I knew I was going to enjoy it and it's been brilliant it's been yeah. lovely having you on the podcast Laura thank you ever so much for sharing all that insight oh you're so good at interviewing it's been an absolute pleasure oh thank you thank you very much <laughs> people will want to find you after listening to this I'm certain so where's the best place for them to come and find you the very best place is to come and join me where I hang out the most in real in real time and that's on Instagram. So I am L Pearman Photos on Instagram. I am present on other social medias with exactly the same tag. So if you want to hunt me out, you can there. And on all of those social media platforms is a link to Moi TV, which is M-W-A-H TV, or you can go there direct on YouTube. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you, my darling. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Bye. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Laura. You can tell I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation and I learned so much from it. I really hope that there were some takeaways in there for you too. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and listen to Be A Bigger Fish for this episode. We've got plenty of back episodes if you're new to the podcast and they cover a range of topics that are specifically aimed at podcasters and at people in the communications industry. So I'd be delighted if you look up some of those too. Don't forget, if you want to find out more about Laura or look up her Instagram challenge, then you will find those links she mentioned in the show notes, which you can access either by looking at the show notes on your podcast directory, or you can go to my website, which is peppermintfish.com. If you want to talk to me, look me up on Twitter. I'm at Debbie Aurelius, or I'm on LinkedIn too. So I look forward to receiving your message and... I hope you will tune in to the future episodes in this season three of Be A Bigger Fish. I've got some great conversations lined up, so I look forward to seeing you then. You take care.